When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell. I'm super excited to bring you today's episode. It's one of four in a series this month focused on blue-collar careers and the trades. If you're a loyal listener, you know that I have absolutely no issue with college. But the fact is that a college path is not the right path for everyone. As a society and as parents, We need to help empower our kids to explore all paths, including those that don't require college. In today's episode, I'm joined by Steve Turner. Steve has spent the past 40 years working in the trades and as a business owner for 30 of those. He realized pretty quickly that it was becoming increasingly difficult to hire skilled workers in the trades. So he took it upon himself to start a nonprofit called Bring Back the Trades where he provides scholarships to young people who are pursuing careers in the trades. During our conversation, Steve shares how Bring Back the Trades all started with a hat and how to get teens interested and excited about working in the trades. Steve believes, and I agree, that we need to encourage a shift in mindset to make the trades a popular choice for young people today. Steve offers lots of helpful advice for parents of teens interested in the trades. So let's get started. Hi, Steve. Thanks so much for being here on the High School Hamster Wheel podcast. Thank you for having me, Betsy. I appreciate it. Sure. This is, um, I'm, we're in the month of October and my goal for this month was to focus primarily on jobs that don't require college, jobs in the trades, and alternate paths. So I'm really excited to talk to you. And I'm so glad our paths crossed because you have a a really interesting organization that's doing amazing work. And your story about how you got to where you are is really interesting too. But before we get into all that, if you don't mind taking just a minute and just introducing yourself to my audience. Yes, I am Steve Turner. I am founder and uh, president of Bring Back the Trades, but I'm also uh, the owner of Turner's Upholstery in Rye, New Hampshire. Uh, We've been in business here for 33, going on 34 years. I have one employee that's been with me for 17 years. Uh, We do uh, convertible tops, boat seats, and interiors on cars. We don't do furniture here, so just so you know. We did do that, but we don't now. Um, We do a lot of hand-skilled stuff. Cool. And just a a quick aside, so for that industry, how does someone become proficient or career ready? I mean, is there a a class you take? Is it on-the-job training? There is a school, um, I won't mention names, but there is a school that teaches six months of upholstery and six months of auto body. And I kind of laugh because, you know, I tell people, which is the truth, unless you're naturally gifted in upholstery, it takes 10 years to learn the skill because we do so many things every day that are different. And there's so many from hand stitching with a sewing machine to using a steamer, staple gun, wrenches. 
And I won't get into it, but the cars when I started out in 1980 versus the cars today, there wasn't computers in cars, there wasn't airbags. It's completely changed. So, you know, like I said, unless you're just naturally gifted, it's on the it's on the job training. Wow. And I'm sure it takes a long time to learn all those skills. Yeah. And that's what's caused my dilemma and pretty much why I started bringing back the trades because of the lack of the kids getting into the trades. Okay, well, let's talk about that. So the organization is called Bring Back the Trades. So I'm sure many of my listeners may not have heard of it. I didn't until recently. Can you just kind of give some background on that, how it got started, why you started it, your mission, and how it helps young people? Yep. So basically, I woke up in 2017 uh, with an idea to make a hat that said Bring Back the Trades. And when when I say Bring Back the Trades... It was just a saying in my head, and I have a good friend that does my embroidery for all my shirts and my hats, and I went over to him, and I said, hey, um, Rich, can you make me a hat? This is bring back the trades. He goes, well, what do you want? I said, surprise me. He goes, why do you want? I said, I just, I wanted a, I just want a hat that says bring back the trades because, you know, I've been seeing Mike Rowe and all of that stuff, you know, in the, in the news and stuff, and I just wanted to advertise it that way. Put it on. I was wearing it in my shop, and I had a good customer of the that does really high-end houses in the neighborhood come by one day and he said, hey, where'd you get the hat? I said, I made it. He goes, I want 12 of them. them." I said, why? He goes, I preach that every day to all my friends where I need 12 of them for my my crew. So I got 12. I called Rich. I said, hey, can you make 12 of these for me? He made 12 of them, gave them to him. Next thing I know, I got a plumber coming by. Hey, I need 12 of them. Couple weeks goes by. One of my friends says, "Hey, where'd you get the hat?" He's like, "You know, I just I made it and I'm giving it out to people." He goes, um, "Hey, I'm I'm, do, I'm doing a my mother just died and left me some money and I'm doing a scholarship fund over at the local high school in the trades. You should sell the hats, create a little thing, and do the same thing." That's how it started. So I created a Facebook page and I was doing this all on my own, my own money, and you know I started off with as not a nonprofit, just my own self. And put it on Facebook and instantaneously, and I wouldn't say it's, that's not a good word, but it spread pretty quickly um, to where I'd say a year later I had, I don't know, 2,000 followers and there was a hat in almost every state in the United States. So it all started It all started with a hat. It all started with a hat. And, you know, I have to say, um, I want you to mention names because he's a very quiet individual. If he hadn't said to me, I need 12 of those hats. Probably it probably wouldn't have gone where it goes today. So I really owe him so much to it. Um, he's a very successful person and wants nothing to you know no uh, reward from it. But I really have to say, if it wasn't for him saying that to me that day, it's amazing how the world works. You know what I mean? So I, true. Um, and then uh, I started spending a lot of my own money, and I said, you know what, this you know I went to do taxes, and I'm like, okay, this is because this has to become a nonprofit. So we became a nonprofit in 2019. Uh, we started giving out a scholarship every single month. We got nine board members, and now it's a huge. It's it's getting bigger every single day. Um, so it's called BringBackTheTrades.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, nine, nine board members. We go around to different restaurants. We have a full line of apparel with hoodie shirts, stickers. Um, nobody gets paid here, so all of the proceeds go to all the scholarships, and it's 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 growing rapidly. So let's talk about that, the scholarships, because when you and I talked 
before recording, you had told me originally it started locally, but now you're offering scholarships nationally. Is that true? Every state in the United States. All you have to do, obviously, we're, our scholarships are open, are open now. You have to be graduating in 2022, and you have to be enrolled into a trade school or post-secondary school in the trades. Um, a lot of people don't realize there is post-secondary school in the trades. There is college in the trades. So it's not just trade schools anymore because we pay the schools directly. We don't pay the, the person. Because, um, I mean, a lot of people don't realize there's college involved in construction, plumbing, and stuff like that. So it's not the trades. I'm trying to get rid of the stigma of the trades. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I've had a couple people on the podcast where we've talked about that too. And it, it all comes down to the stigma, right? It's, you know, when kids are graduating high school, parents will say, Hey, you know, what's your son or what's your daughter doing after high school? Where are they going to college? And somebody will say, they're not going to college. They're going to trade school. And people look at them like, Oh, like disappointed, uh-huh. not disappointing because you know, and I know, and let's talk about this. The shortage in the trades is enormous and growing every year. Well, it's, it's actually, it's getting critical. Um, I'm, the stats are coming out in a lot of states now. They're saying within two to three years, 65% of the trades people are going to be retiring or are going to be gone. That number is just, it's, it, I don't even know how we're going to function after that. Um, there's a, I think North Carolina, the number is for every five people um, that retire or quit, one goes back in. So, I mean, it's, it's getting really bad. So how do we fix that? I mean, I guess, obviously, scholarships and awareness and word of mouth. Are you, do you partner at all with any organizations? Yeah, we're uh, partnering with Timberlane Pro. Um, we temp- we're working with a lot of local companies. Um, I'm actually, if um, you look it up, it's called the Skilled Trades Alliance. They're in North Carolina, uh, Greenville, North Carolina, actually. Um, they're, I'm involved with them. They're a big organization like me, but they're bigger and they're growing. They're trying to bring the awareness to, uh, they're trying to do different things like working with the vets, getting the vets back into the trades, incarcerated people when they get out. So they're working in different avenues, whereas I'm working from the, the ground up. They're working with the older, um, older public, which that's why we're partnering because they're working with the older people. We're working with the younger people. Um, trying to educate, you know, I always tell people it's more educating um, the parents than it is anybody else because it's, I don't want to like to say everything starts at home, but it does. Yeah. yeah. Who influences you more than anybody? It should be your parents, realistically. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I say this all the time because I have a sticker, I have decals that are bring back the trades. And my goal is to have this just as important as Harvard. You know, parents will be really happy to put a Harvard sticker on their car. So I want to see parents be just as proud as to have a trade school sticker on the back of their car. And it can happen because I always describe it, you know, things are, things are popular. If you remember, I don't know if you're old enough to remember the pet rock. Oh, I'm plenty old enough to remember it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, think about it. It, it. Overnight success. So if we change the mindset, and we make trade schools popular, the stigma will go away and people will do it. I was in North Carolina couple weeks ago and I was doing a speech and I'm looking around. I always look around and my speeches, as you know, everything's from the heart. I don't do anything written down. It all comes through my head. And I'm looking around and all of a sudden I stopped in front of, I don't know how many people were there. And I said, we're doing this all wrong. And they're all looking at me like, what do you mean? I'm like, look at everybody around us. They're look at the age. We're trying to, we're trying to promote this. We need the younger educated kids, individuals, girls, I say girls more than anything because I want more girls to be involved. 
that are doing well in the trades, they need to be the spokesman or spokeswoman of what we're trying to do. I mean, I'm 54 years old. When I go into a school and, I, and they look at me, the bearded guy, and I say, you know, I've been, in, I've been very successful and I've been in the trades for 34, or actually, I've been in business 34 years. I've been doing it over 40 years. When I say that, you know what the first thing they probably think of is? I got to do that for 40 years? If a person, I have a, a kid that's working for me now, when I say working, helping me now, would bring back the trades. He's 22 years old. He's working for his father. He's a plumber. At 20 years old, he bought his first house. That's amazing. So when they hear that versus me, the like the, the eyes go up. Wow, 20 years old, you bought a house? That's who has to be the spokesman for me, not me. Yeah. The kids that are actually in the field, driving the nice car, living, you know, having the vacation home, they need to be the spokesman to help me build it, not That's me. a great point because I don't know a lot of people on the trades, but of the people that I do know, and and oftentimes when you see the advertisements or in books or online or whatever, it's older people. Um, yep. And I don't mean that in a disparaging way. Yeah. I just mean yeah. that's kind of the the vision, right? But you're, you make a really good point. If you can change that perception and show younger people and the success they're having, that's huge. So let's go back to when you were a teenager. So what was your plan when you were in high school? Did you think you might go to college or were you like all about the trades from the beginning? I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I was pushed through school. I mean, I still have my high school uh, numbers and you look at them and today there's no way I would have graduated. They just pushed me through. Luckily, I went to Portsmouth High School and we had auto body, we had auto mechanics, we had welding, construction. And I chose, I always liked cars because obviously I'm in the car business, but I always liked cars. So I chose auto body. So my junior year, I took two years of it and I loved it. It kept me, it kept me going to school. It kept, actually kept me going to school. I probably would have never made it through. And then my senior year was full. I was able to get enough grades so I could take it four blocks. So basically four hours. And I was going to be an auto body technician. I was painting cars. And then one day there was a little business card on the, on the wall. that said upholstery shop looking for kids sweeping floors and doing odds and ends. I was working at Shaw's. I'm like, Ooh, maybe I'll do this. So I started working at the upholstery shop, started sweeping the floors. Uh, I was there for a couple of years. I graduated when I was 18, worked for there, worked there full time until I was 19. And then in 1986, if you're old enough to remember, we had a severe recession. Mm-hmm. My business that I worked for laid everybody off. My friend had a little tiny garage. It was $150 a month. He goes, here, here's the garage. See if you can do it on your own. I had $3,000. Back then, $3,000 was a lot yeah, of money. Yeah, yeah. In one, in one week, I had spent it all. I bought a sewing machine, a whole bunch of materials, and I was broke. Luckily, you know, I lived with a friend. Um, it wasn't easy. I went door to door looking for work. Um, I actually lived in my office, my shop, for nine months because I couldn't pay my rent where I was living. Took a shower, took a shower under a garden hose at night. I mean, I'm serious. Wow. I'm looking back. I tell you, yeah, but I was determined to make it work, and it wasn't easy. Um, but here I am, thirty through thirty-four years later, and very successful. But it was—I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It wasn't—it wasn't easy. You know, to do what I did in today's economy, you couldn't do it. You just—you couldn't. It's a different—it's a different world. Well, in our schools, I mean, our particular high school where my boys go does have an auto body program. 
or auto mechanic, auto tech, I guess it's called. But back when I went to school, which was when you went to school, we had metal shop, wood shop, all those things that kids don't have now. And I hear you. I, I've heard this from other people too. That's what got them going to school. That's what kept them in school because either they didn't want college, they didn't plan for college, they didn't have the means for it, whatever it might be. And our high schools are spending so much time, you know, doing the college prep stuff, as I call it, the high school hamster wheel, and not enough time yep. on the trades. Although more and more, I'm starting to see more and more school districts doing career and technical education programs, which is fantastic. Yep. But again, I think the awareness needs to be bigger and the stigma needs to be removed. So, yep. so what would you tell parents? I mean, how? Say I'm a parent and you want to convince me, not convince me, but inform me and educate me about why it's it would be good for one of my my teens to consider going into the trades. What are the, the benefits? What are the things to think about? I think it's not even really I'm I'm a kind of person I don't like to I don't like to do a lot of talking. I'm a visual person. So I would take them on tours. I would say we have a great Bay Community College just up to about a 45 minutes that te- teaches a lot of stuff in their classrooms. And when I went there to do the tour, I was blown away. I mean, I've been in trades my whole life, and I was blown away at what they're teaching. And I think if the parents see what's being taught, because I think the parents see trades as dirty mm. of our day and not edu- not uh, air-conditioned in a place that you just throw the kids that uh, aren't going to college. So I would actually say, you know, come, let's go meet at the school and show you what's involved. Because if you can show them physically, mentally, and they can take it in versus telling them. Because if you're a person like me, I'm not really good with words sometimes, and I don't come across the way it should be. So if I can show them and take them there, I think it'd be like, oh, my goodness, look at this place. So I think that's what I would do. I mean, obviously tell them, but I would actually say, if you're really, if you really want to learn, meet me here at a certain time, we'll meet with the professors, and we'll, we'll, we'll go through the school. That's think that's, And then I tell them, obviously, about, you know, what they can make. But I think talk, because we've been talking about this for five years now to, like, parents. They can do this. They can do that. But it's only numbers. Mm. I think showing them, like, around where I am in New England, they're they're actually showing a lot more TV shows. Local plumbers are actually advertising jobs now. But they're showing successful people that work for them their daily routines. So they're showing. It's a visual now versus just come to work for us. You'll get 401k, you'll get this, you'll get that. I don't think that does anything. You've got to show them, you know, that they're working at a good place, a good boss. Um, and I won't show, and I won't sugarcoat it. The trades are hard. Yeah. So if you're going to be in construction, you know, you have to be outside. You have to be able to get cold. You have to be able to get hot. You know, not all the trades are like that, but if you're going to go into construction, it's, it's hard. And I don't sugarcoat it with parents. Um, you know, I had a parent come to me a couple months ago that, you know, was wanted her son wanted to work construction. And I said, well, what's his, what's his day like when he comes home from school? And she's like, what do you mean? I said, well, what's he do when he comes home? Well, he goes into his room and he usually plays video games or stuff. I said, well, is he an outdoorsy kind of person? Well, not really. I said, in the, in the wintertime, does he go outside? No, not really. What about summertime? No, he doesn't really like the heat. I said, construction's not for you. There is part of the construction that you can do, this management, indoors, stuff like that. But as far as the – and there's a lot of – you know, I don't want to get sidetracked here. To the trades, there is more jobs other than the working with your hands jobs. There is the 
accounting firms. There, there, there is more to it, estimating and stuff like that, architecture. So there is stuff that I don't want to leave out that is in the trades other than just working with your hands. But a lot of parents think of the trades as just working with your hands. You made so many good points just now. Like, first of all, shadowing, internships, informational interviews, even volunteering, just going to a, a site, a work site, and just helping out, sweeping floors, whatever it is, you get to see the day-to-day. And I talk about this so much on the podcast and in the coaching I do. There are deal breakers buried in jobs that you don't know about until you know the details. And Mm -hmm. you're talking about that right now. Like if you're not an outdoors person, you're absolutely right. You certainly don't want to be a landscaper. Um, I mean, that's sort of obvious, but you're right. But that was a good point in telling that to the moms. And we'll be right back after a quick break. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the scholarship because this is pretty amazing. And from what you told me, you're not getting as many people to apply as you would like. So can you talk about kind of who's eligible, how they would apply, um, how it all works? So yes, and it's true because since I've talked to you a week ago, it's I've been advertising it uh, three more times and zero applicants. I mean, it's, 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 I try not to get down because it, it will happen down the road. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, we're having a tough time reaching the kids that are eligible and we're fighting a couple things because kids that are in the trades, um, you know, they don't like to do book work. They don't like to do this stuff. Um, they're, you know, kids of all ages are doing things on Instagram. So we're many things we're trying to, we're trying to fight. We're on Facebook, which is mostly older people. I'm on Instagram, but I'm not educated with the hashtags and all of that stuff. I'll, I'll be the first one to admit. So I'm trying to get the marketing going. Um, so back to the eligibility. So it's bringbackthetrades.com. You go to the scholarship page. Um, you can be in any state in the United States and be eligible. The only thing you have to be um, is graduating in 2022. Graduating high school so, in 2022? Yes. Okay. Sorry, yeah. Graduating 2022 high school and be enrolled in a um, – trade school or post-secondary school because we pay the school directly. And another thing, it'll say, uh, fill out essay. And I, I saved, I said this to you before I say this everywhere. I don't know. I'll go back on the page just to make sure it's there. But I tell kids, if you can't, if essay scares you, get your phone right here, do a video and email it to me and I'll accept it because I don't want to scare kids off that can't write well. I'm one of them. That's why I tell people if you email me back a whole page, I'm going to write you back in two two words because I don't have I don't have the skills to do that, and I, I want to be honest. But kids get nervous when you write when you say the word essay. They think, oh my god, I got to write this five page essay. It's your story. Just be as honest as you can. I mean, I get stories all the time, and it's more about the story than it is you know about your education and what you want to do. Because um, to me, it's the story. I, I I can read through the lines of you know. I read them and I sometimes I want to cry because they're working three jobs. I mean, I got on my wall 
handwritten cards from people that have written to me that if they didn't get my scholarship, they wouldn't be able to keep going in their, their school. It means a lot. Yeah. It makes you, it's worth it. Um, so that's in, that's it. So basically bring back to trace.com, go to the essay page and fill it out. And it's pretty, it's pretty, it's, it's the easiest can be. But like I said, our biggest problem is we we're not getting applicants and it's, and it's not just with me. I have a school down the street that last year they had a hundred thousand dollars to give away for trade scholarships and they had nobody apply. So it's a problem everywhere. So it's not, it's not a pro it's a problem with kids not getting back in the trades but we can't even give the money away because they're not there. And they, they are there because there are schools out there. Um, we are sending them, we have brochures that we have, which are right here um, that we, we have. Did I send you some or not yet? Not yet. No. Okay. Well, I have, we have brochures that we send out to different kids. Yeah. Um, we do send them to the schools, but unfortunately sometimes whoever's getting them and opening them up, I don't think puts them in the right spots, right. you know, because I know that I track the schools that we send them to. And we don't get applicants. So, yeah, I wonder too if it's access, right? So, if you send a brochure to a school and it gets placed in an office or a guidance counselor's office or something, kids aren't seeing it. But I'm just thinking of our school, and we actually have a scholarship list um, yep. that kids can look at online. And I'm so adding this one to it. Yeah. And I'm going to encourage other schools in our area to do the same. What a great opportunity. And any school that has a trade program, even if they don't, but let's say they do, and most have something, right? Yep. Those teachers should be communicating this. So yep. it's just a matter of spreading the word. And that's why I have a podcast. I'm going to help spread the word. Well, I mean, it's just, it's amazing that, you know, we have 5,000 followers. I'm on podcasts all the time. I'm at trade shows. I'm at this. I'm at. I mean, I give these things up everywhere. Realistically, when I open up my email and I get yeah. nothing, it's yeah. like I've actually put on Instagram saying, hey, I'll, I'm going to give out $1,000 to anybody that, you know, t tells me this story and I like it. I get nobody. It's like, really? Nobody wants free mm. money? <laughs> yeah, it's got to be an access issue. It's just not getting it to the people yep. who need to see it. So, well, Correct. this is good, though. The more you spread the word, the more you go on podcasts and tell people about it the more people are going to hear it. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah. again, one of the reasons I do this podcast to create awareness and education and information so parents can help their kids find the path that's best for them. And for many, this yeah. is a path that they want to pursue. So yeah. any other, by the way, I'm going to put all these links in the show notes. So, you know, your website, social media, all that, but what else can parents be doing? Or for that matter, teachers, guidance counselors, administrators, what else can we adults be doing to help encourage this to help create more awareness like what can we do to help you and others in the trades bring back the trades well obviously like you just said awareness talk to your kids you know i say this all the time because i was at a show a couple weeks ago and it was a tractor show and it had a whole bunch of tractors and it also was for kids so it had a sandbox and i'm sitting there and i'm watching all these girls and little boys in the sandbox. All the parents, right, were there with their kids. And I'm looking around, I'm going, why is why is it when the kids are younger, think about this, when kids were all younger with our kids, where we take them to Home Depot, or we build sandboxes, we build tree forts, all of this stuff with our kids, and we encourage it, right? And then all of a sudden they get to middle school, and we push that aside. 
And it's now, no, we don't want you doing that anymore. We want college. Mm -hmm. Why is it when they're little, we want them to build? Because we do. Every parent built Christmas, give them that little box with the, the trucks, and every little boy watches, and every girl, girls are into it now. And then all of a sudden they get older and it's it's no longer acceptable. Yeah. And I, I don't mean to say that acceptable because, you know, there's parents out there. And I try not to make it sound like that. But most parents, when the kids are younger, they're playing in the sandbox. And then when we get older, no, you're you're a girl or you're a boy. You're, you're going right. to do this. And I think it's because I think it's pressure from the, the people around them. I mean, I live in Rye. If you look up Rye, Rye is a very wealthy on the on the ocean place i have so many friends and probably two of them are in the trades i've offered my free apparel to them to the girls free just wear and wear they won't touch Hmm. and i don't think it's i just think it's my kids go to college and that's you know i want the stickers on the back of the car and that's what i want yeah so that's that's what they brought up with and i think you know as you go to college, you want your kid to go to college. Mm-hmm. And we need that chain to be broken, I guess. Yeah. You know, look at the kid as an individual. Right. Um, well, and allow them, allow them to explore and pursue the path that they want for their life and what's best for them. Can you imagine a parent? I mean, I hear the stats, you know, the average kid comes out of college with $30,000 in debt. I think that is a joke because my son just went to college. I know what it costs. Mm-hmm. If you can come out of school with only thirty thousand dollars in debt, your parents paid off a lot of debt. Yeah, for sure. There is no school, there is no college that only costs thirty thousand dollars. So I think it's not a true number. And a lot of parents go into debt for their kids mm-hmm. to send them to school. So if you could say to a parent, "Okay, here's a trade school. It's going to cost twenty thousand dollars all in. Mm-hmm. Some of them electrical school schools you can do for five thousand dollars." So. But uh, anyways, if we're gonna we're gonna put your kid in school. It's gonna cost five thousand to twenty thousand, thirty thousand, whatever tops. This is all gonna cost you, and they're gonna come out making money. Most parents would be like, "Oh, thank God! Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't, that pressure's gone. I don't have to remortgage my house, and I don't have to do this, and I don't have to work three jobs." Yep. They would be so happy. Yeah. Yep. You're right, and I think. A lot of parents, I don't want to generalize, but yeah, I know, but I, I, I hear them the same way. But I hear in this space, you know, well, I went to college, so he needs to go to college. Or if he doesn't go to college, he's not going to be successful. Or, you know, insert other reason here. But I think you're right. Coming out making money right away is amazing. I think some of it might be, you know, once they hit middle school, they get really busy with sports and clubs and technology. I hate to say it. Mm-hmm. But it's less outside, more inside, right? And less with your hands and more with your brain or or if it's outside, it might be sports or whatever else. Yep. And, and I'm not saying that's not a good thing. It is. But you're right. Like, where did we lose that, that sense of almost that sense of play, right? Be outside in the dirt and or build things. I mean, we've done it too. I have two boys that are teenagers now. And one was a, just obsessed with Legos. He would build and build and build and build. Oh, yeah. And now he does it online, right? And yeah. my husband and my boys built a, a tree fort inside our house, you know, yeah. and then they got into middle school and they didn't hang out in it very much anymore. Like, you're right. It, there's sort of this drop off when they become sort of teenagers. Yeah. Um, 
But again, I, I say if we had more programs like this in high school, there'd be more exposure to it yep. and more internships and more opportunity to see firsthand how it works. Yeah. So I, I'm grateful for the work you're doing. I think it's amazing. The The scholarship is such a fantastic opportunity. I am going to promote the heck out of it. Thank you. Um, any- well, I just want to say one thing. I you know, we're talking about work, you know, working with your, your hands versus working with your, your mind. You know, they say the trades you work with your hands and the non-trades you work with your brain. So there was a contractor that got up in my last meeting and he was talking about this. He goes, you know, the trades, you know, we work with our hands and, you know, the IT people and that, and they work with their, their uh, you know, their head, their brains and their, their thinking caps. And I let him finish and I said, put my hand up and I said, I, I do not want to downplay what you just said, but what you just said was totally false. He goes, what do you mean? You just said that people in the trades work with their hands and not their brains. I said, I don't know about you, he, but he's a construction guy. You have a tape measure? He goes, yeah. I said, I build things every day. I have In my business, I have to think 20 steps down the road because I'm building something. And if I don't think, I said, I do more thinking in my business than most people do. Right. So. When people say you work with your hands, not your brain, I think, it, you know, I hate to use the word offensive because not much offends me. <laughs> I'm just a rugged guy. But it's like we got to stop saying that the trades only work with their hands because yep. it's it's so false. It really is. Right. There's math involved. There's, you know, reading. You have to read plans. Yeah. You have to analyze. I mean, there's lots. You're absolutely right. I mean, think about this. I could. It took me. Three times to pass algebra one in high school. I've been in business 33 years. I do all my own paperwork. I run all my own numbers. I do QuickBooks every day. So I am self-taught. I was able to do it because I wanted to do it. But back in school, I couldn't do it because I didn't want to do it. Right. Well, it all you, depends you, on what. And applying it, right? Like my kids say this too. Why do I learn algebra? I'll never use it again. Yes, you will. You just don't know how to apply it until you need to apply it in a job or, or in real yeah. life. So, yeah. yeah. Well, this has been so eye opening and really educational for me. And like I said, we're going to put all the links in the show notes so people can reach out to you. Yep. Any final thoughts or anything else you want to share? Thank you very much for having me. That's the most important part. Oh, well, you're, um, you're welcome. Thanks for being my guest. I really appreciate it's it. It's just, you know, everybody says, how, you know, how, you know, how can we financially help you? Yes, you can financially help me. You can sponsor me. You can buy apparel. But, you know, we're not having a problem. We're just going to check in the mail today. So obviously we're not making millions, but we're up, we're up higher than I thought we'd be. So it's more about the, you know, I want to be able to open my inbox someday and just go, oh, I don't have enough time to read these essays. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. Okay. So more, if we can do anything, it's, it's share, share, share. Okay. Educate, educate, and help these kids. Well, I'm going to do my part. So perfect. hopefully you'll be inundated with requests. Perfect. Thank you very much. Steve is a super nice guy who's doing amazing work in his nonprofit organization to help generate more awareness of the trades for young people. I'm going to ask you, my listeners, to do me and Steve a huge favor. Will each of you take a quick minute and share a link to Steve's website? Email it to a friend. Share it on your social media. Call a neighbor. Let them know about it. Ask your teen's guidance counselor to share it at school. 
The website's easy to remember. It's simply bringbackthetrades.com. There is scholarship money just waiting to be granted, and there are plenty of kids who aren't college-bound, so this might just be the kickstart they need to move forward. Let's all do our part to help bring back the trades. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm grateful you're listening, and I'd really appreciate it if you would leave me a rating and a review in your favorite podcast player. I welcome your feedback, and I'd love to hear any ideas you have for future episodes. Be sure and check out the show notes at highschoolhamsterwheel.com slash 101, where I will include all links mentioned during this episode. If you happen to know of a teenager who's unsure of their next step after high school, or a college student rethinking their future career path, or a young person who just needs some guidance while evaluating their career choices, I can help. You can learn more about me and the coaching I offer at BetsyJewelCoaching.com. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. I'm Anne-Marie Kelly. Wild Precious Life is a podcast about dreaming big, digging in and connecting across distance, division, and loss. In each episode, I talk with prize-winning writers, musicians, and wanderers who remind all of us how we can make the most of the time we have. So meet me here. Let's walk and talk and dream and discover what it means to be wild, precious, and brave.